Welcome to School of Ministry um, once again. Um, so we're proceeding uh, with the course this um, moment. Welcome to School of Ministry um, once again. Um, so we're proceeding uh, with the course this um, moment with church and society. Okay. This is church growth course, and we have um, two um, topics we are considering, understanding church growth, and then um, church and the society. So we're taking church and the society um, right now. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for the privilege to share your word and for your people to receive your word today. We ask, Father, that as we proceed in this class, we pray for a mighty supply of the spirit of wisdom and revelation. We pray that your word will go forth in power and that understanding will be ministered to your people in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We subdue this entire atmosphere and this teaching and preaching of the word of God under the influence of the power of the Holy Ghost in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. All right, so we're considering the church and the society. Okay, the church and the society. And very quickly, I'd like us to go through again uh, the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28. <clears throat> Matthew, excuse me, Matthew chapter 28. Um, from verse 18. That's the church's marching order. The church's marching order. And Jesus came and spake unto us, them, us, okay? Saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Okay? So go ye therefore and teach. Okay? It sounds to me like it, we could also refer to it as go ye therefore and show the world. Okay? Go ye therefore and demonstrate to the world. Go ye therefore and showcase my goodness to the world. All right? Um, and um, in this course, we'll be considering the role of the church in the society. Uh, I'd like you to know that the church is not isolated from the society. The church is not isolated from society. The church is in the society, drives in the society, impacts the society, is a blessing to the society, just like the word of God to um, Abraham in Genesis. Um, he said, I will bless you, and then you will be a blessing. I will bless you, and then you will be a blessing. So the, the church has a mandate to extend the blessing of the gospel to the society 
in the society. For we are not of this world, even though we are in this world. Okay? So the church is not isolated from the society. We must understand that. Praise God. The church of Jesus Christ is situated physically. Okay? In this world. Physically. That's a physical location. And spiritually in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Ephesians chapter Ephesians chapter 1 I've been blessed with all blessings. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So spiritually we are in heavenly places. We are positionally uh, seated with Christ as a church, okay? Positionally, um, um, spiritually with Christ. Again, Ephesians chapter 2. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 2, okay? Um, <clears throat> we read verse 1. And you, as he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sins, Okay, and then look at, uh, can you move down to verse 5? Even when we were dead in sins, had quickened us together with Christ. Okay, and look at verse 6, and has, Ephesians 2 verse 6 now, and had raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So spiritually, okay, we know where we are. Okay, but physically, Okay, we are in a particular location. We are on planet Earth. We are in the society, the physical society. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay. And therefore, because we believe we belong to another kingdom. Okay. <laughs> we are indeed, we are truly ambassadors. You see, the ambassador of Nigeria to another country. Okay, is not a member of that country. Say, uh, Pakistan. Okay, is not uh, a citizen of Pakistan. Okay, but an ambassador. Okay, someone meant to represent the entire government of Nigeria in Pakistan. All right. So we are we are members of the kingdom of God. We actually don't belong to this world, but we're here. Having been born again as ambassadors of Christ, he said. Second Corinthians chapter five. Second Corinthians chapter five. Uh, it's good that we have this understanding. <clears throat> Second Corinthians five and verse twenty. You see, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. You see that? Ambassadors for Christ, for that kingdom. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, ye be reconciled to God. So you see, we are ambassadors of the kingdom of God. So we are representing a kingdom here on earth. You can be in United States, you can be in Nigeria, you can be in Canada, you can be in United Kingdom, you can even be... Uh, 
um, someone carrying the the international passport, okay, or the passport of an American citizen. <laughs> but the truth is, you are a representative of the kingdom of heaven, of the kingdom of God. You are actually even spiritually located in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do you get that? Okay, so um, we have a spiritual location and a physical location. Glory to God. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Okay, so whatever you're doing here in the natural, understand that you have a spiritual heritage. A spiritual heritage. Again, look at Colossians. Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1. If ye then, you see this, be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ seated on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above, not on things on the earth. So you see, the Bible tells us that if we are indeed, and of course we are, (laughs) risen, have risen with Christ and has seated with him in heavenly places, then we should set our affections on things that are above. Okay? So we have a physical body and we're on planet Earth in a physical geographical location, but we have spiritually placed. We have a spiritual location, spiritual heritage. Amen. As a believer, as a member of the body of Christ, you are seated together with Christ in heavenly places. Praise God. So therefore, we have physically uh, situated in this world and then spiritually in heavenly places in Christ. I believe you understand that. And we have a calling, a calling to the society because we are God's representative on earth, extending God to them. (laughs) You know? I just showed you that you are an ambassador. Come on, say it with me. Say, I am an ambassador. <laughs> Come on, lift your right hand up. Say, I am an ambassador for Christ, a representative of Christ. And by the grace of God, you and I represent, God, represent Christ first class. Amen. First class. First class. Um, <laughs> uh, That's very important. So our calling and assignment to the society is twofold. Given the fact that we're not just all about this physical world alone, (laughs) our calling and assignment is twofold. There's a spiritual assignment to the world, to the society, and then also a physical dimension of our assignment as well. The spiritual assignment is to preach the gospel of Christ to save the lost, those who are not born again, those who are not saved, those who have not received the life of God. We have an obligation as ambassadors for Christ to preach the gospel to them, to take the gospel to them, to facilitate the preaching of the gospel 
to support the preaching of the gospel. Praise God. And then to minister healing to the sick and then to shine the light of God's word to keep the sanity of this crooked world until the Lord Jesus Christ comes to receive us himself. Okay. So number one, what's our spiritual assignments? Number one, to preach the gospel and facilitate the preaching of the gospel to those who are lost, those who are not saved, those who are not born again, to get them saved, get them filled with the Holy Ghost. And then as well to also minister healing, supernatural intervention of God, okay, to people. And then lastly, the, the teaching of the word of God, the light of God's word, the light of the way, of the ways of God, so that people can live the life that God has ordained us to live even here on earth. Okay. And then the physical dimension of assignment is to give succor to the dying world, helping the poor, helping the poor in our society, and also making up for good governance in our nation. So the physical dimension of it is outreaches to the poor, ministering to the poor, ministering to the needy. You see, as a believer, you are not poor. As a believer, you are not needy. As a believer, God is your source. As a believer, you are rich. Amen. <laughs> Believe it. And then see yourself. You see, there is nothing in the word of God that describes the believer as the poor, the downtrodden, the weak, the one that needs to be helped, the beggar. No, no. He said, we shall be the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath. <laughs> above only and not beneath. We are the rich, making others rich. Amen. <laughs> okay, you are not a pauper. You are not poor. You have a father who is rich, who holds the whole world. <laughs> Glory to God. And then you are the one that is meant to support the needy in the society. Believe that. Act that way. If you have a sum of money, extend to the poor from that money. If you have material resources, extend from those material resources to the poor. Why? You are not the poor. You are a believer. You are an ambassador of the kingdom of God. Okay, so the role of the church in society, number one, is to act as the salt of the earth because we are the salt of the earth. Amen. We are the salt of, by the salt of the earth, it means we preserve this world from, from the destructive power of sin and Satan. We are the salt of the earth, the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Our activities, prayers, preaching the word, declaring God's word, maintains an atmosphere of peace and tranquility and keeps the destroyer at bay. Praise God. Keeps the destroyer at bay. First Timothy 2, and verse 1 to verse 4. Okay, as we pray for our city, 
as we pray for our nation, as we pray for our community, as we pray for our society, we keep the power of darkness at bay. The power of darkness at bay. Praise God. Number two, we are the ground and the pillar of truth. That means we are the standard. Only by us will the fragrance of God's truth submerge the earth. We are the ground and the pillar of truth. Truth is not found anywhere else other than in God, in the word, in God. God is truth himself. And every other thing else is measured <laughs> based on that. He's the SI units. He's the truth himself. Amen. The truth himself. And therefore the church is the ground and the pillar of truth. The ground and the pillar of truth. You know, sometimes people come around and say, well, uh, well, you know, thank God for what the word of God says. But when you begin to look at some realities on ground, then you want to modify. You want to um, <laughs> tweak, adjust, you know, what God has said in his word, you know, to suit the, um, the trends. To suit the events, to suit the 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 season. <laughs> the truth is the truth. We can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. <laughs> okay, uh, if God has made you a man, a male man, and you decide to try to make yourself a female man, the truth remains: you are male. <laughs> no matter the tweaking and the surgery. <laughs> You are a male. Okay. How easy is it to convert a snake to a leopard? Huh? How easy is it? You can't make yourself something else because um, you feel like or because some people do that. No. You see, the church is the standard, the ground and the pillar of truth. And that's why as a church, we don't back down on the truth, regardless of what is thriving in the society. There's no how fashion can change that we will become loose and become um, and start dressing in an erotic way in the church. Amen. <laughs> the clothes are for beauty and for glory. If it's not glorious, and then it's not worthy of you wearing it. <laughs> Praise God. You have been named with the name of the Lord. You belong to the royal family of heaven. And that's why if you look at, um, even in natural, at royal families. Okay, uh, take for example, Britain. And look at the royal family. And look at the way they dress. It's, it's always, it's classy, but it's 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 uh, <laughs> it's it's good it's good it's comely praise god because it's royalty um to be comely it's royalty to be comely praise god mm -hmm. so we are the salt of the earth Amen. We are the salt of the earth. 
Okay. And then we're the ground and the pillar of truth. Okay. First Timothy chapter three. Okay. And that's why, you know, um, if, if you're blessed to be in a local church that believes in the truth of God's word. Okay. Submit to the godly leadership of that church. Get trained. Get mentored. Get groomed. Allow them the privilege of, um, of training you. Amen. You see, in the church, um, godly character can be learned. Godly character, you can imbibe godly character in the church. Why? Because the church is the ground and the pillar of truth. First Timothy 3 verse 15. He said, but if I tarry long, Paul speaking, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. You see, there's a way to carry ourselves in the house of God. And, and Paul explains why. He said, the house of, um, in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of truth the pillar and the ground of truth and so you can learn how to carry yourself you can learn godly virtues in church as you submit to the godly leadership that god has placed in that church amen very important and then the church is the moral compass of the world the moral compass of the world (laughs) <laughs> the church is the moral compass of the world. Matthew 5, verse 16. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and then give glory to your Father which is in heaven. So we are the light of the world. <laughs> and we go by the standard of the gospel. We go by the truth of the gospel. For the church is the ground and the pillar of the truth. Amen. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and then they will glorify your Father which is in heaven. So we are the moral compass of the world. Okay? Verse 4, we are the light of the world. Okay? Ye are the light of the world, a city set upon the hill that cannot be hidden. Matthew 5, verse 14. Every area of human endeavor needs our light. You see, by light means, light means understanding. We are the light of the world. You see, the church, being the ground and the pillar of the truth, is meant to shine her light to the world. For the world is in darkness. You see, Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 60 Isaiah chapter 6. And verse 1. See see what it says. Arise, shine, for thy light has come, and the glory of God is risen upon thee. And look at verse 2. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people. Darkness is covering the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And Gentiles, that means those in darkness, shall come to your light. 
You see, we are the light of the world. We are the envy of the world. Never look down on your lights. Never term your lights old-fashioned. Never term your lights obsolete. You are in vogue. You are the light of the world. The city needs your light. The city is in darkness. The earth is in darkness. The people is in deep darkness. You are the light. Never look down on your light. Never look down on your Christian faith. You and I are the light of the world. A city set upon the hill cannot be eaten. Amen. Praise God. You are the light of the world. The human endeavor needs our light, our civilization, our development, our ways and manners of doing things, our manner of doing things in order to experience the God kind of results. Okay? We must approach ministry with the mindedness to impact the world with the life of God and the knowledge of it. Okay? <laughs> what are some of the things about us? We are love beings. <laughs> we don't believe in bitterness. We don't believe in hatred. We don't believe in teeth for tat. We don't believe in unforgiveness. That's not our light. That's darkness. <laughs> we are light. We are love. Praise God. So we love we extend what is called forgiveness. So we have given the gift of forgiveness even before it happens. Why? That's our light. That's how we operate. Amen. <laughs> we are the light of the world. We forgive. We forgive. We love. We thrive in love. We love love. <laughs> Amen. Praise God forevermore. Okay? So that's very important. We raise godly standards in every place on earth, whether at work or at home. We raise godly standards. Whether at work, or at home. we don't believe in cutting corners because we are the light of the world. The church is the ground and the pillar of truth, not shortcuts. The ground and the pillar of truth, not shortcuts. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. This is very important. So don't forget this. We are the salt of the earth. We preserve this world in our prayers, in our intercessions, in the preaching of the word of God. Okay? Number two, we are the the ground and the pillar of truth. Okay? Then we are the moral compass of the world. Then we are the light of the world. All right? Did you get that? <laughs> Come on, say with me. Say, I'm the salt of the earth. Say, I'm the light of the world. Say, I'm the moral compass of the world. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. And I'm a standard of truth. A standard of righteousness a standard of truth, a standard of righteousness. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen and amen. Okay, um, let's quickly look at the common mistakes 
that um, the church, uh, we've seen the church make as regards relating with the society. Okay, there are some erroneous beliefs about how the church will engage the society. Some, some believers and ministers are of the opinion that we had to have absolutely nothing to do with the world, but just sit around waiting for the Lord's coming. <laughs> okay? We are supposed uh, not to have anything to do with the world. Don't build houses. Don't, you know, don't engage in anything. Just, just, just while, a while away time. The main thing is you are waiting for the Lord. <laughs> How true is that? That's obviously not true. Luke chapter 19. We are not onlookers in this world. Amen. We are influencers. We are people who have been called to shine the light of the gospel in the world. Luke chapter 19. Okay, and verse 13, Luke 19 and verse 13. And he called his 10 servants and delivered them 10 pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. Occupy, someone say, Occupy till I come. <laughs> so you see, and the word occupy there means do business like home, engage, <laughs> engage the sister. Get things done. Don't sit down and wait for Jesus to come back. Go all out. We are meant to preach the gospel, shine the light, impact our society. Amen. Deploy our skills and our giftings in our sphere of influence and draw people to the knowledge of the truth. For the Bible tells us that it's the will of God that all men be saved. All men. All men, all men be saved. First um, uh, um, Timothy chapter 2, First Timothy chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. He said, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to what? Come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. All men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. How shall all men be saved if we sit back and wait for Jesus to come? <laughs> all men be saved as every man within the sphere of his influence, his or influence, you know, would reach out. Either with your gifts, your talents, your skills, preaching the gospel. Blessing lives, touching lives. That's how all men will be saved. That's how all men will come to the knowledge of the truth. And that's very important. Okay, then there's this other belief that the admonition not to conform to the world. <laughs> In Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And not to befriend the world. Okay, James 4, verse 4. <laughs> These scriptures were written to remind us that we no longer do things the way of the world. You see, the Bible already told us, and Jesus speaking said, we are not 
of this world, but we are in the world. <laughs> we are not of the world. We are not of the world system, but we are in this world and we have to engage in this world, but not in a way that we are like of this world. No. There's a difference between being and acting of this world, like this world, and then being the world. We are of the kingdom of heaven, but we are in this world, and so we are meant to engage this world with the tools, supernatural enablements, and the gifts and talents that God has given to us. Praise God. Okay, so the world is guided by greed and selfishness, but believers by faith and love. We are in the world to change the system of doing things and establish God's way of doing things. Okay? God's way of doing things. Praise God. And that's very, very important. Okay? <laughs> I love um, the prayers of Jesus in John chapter 14. <clears throat> uh, I like to read it. Um, John chapter 17. I like to read from verse, uh, look, look at verse, <clears throat> verse nine. I pray for them. Jesus prayer here. John 17 verse nine. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them, which thou hast given me for they are dying. Okay. And then go down to verse 11. He said, and now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world. And I come to thee. Holy Father, keep through thy own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Amen. Look at verse 12. He said, while I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou givest me, I have kept. And none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. Praise God. Okay. And then in verse <clears throat> In verse 15, <laughs> look at Jesus' prayer. I pray not that thou shouldest take them out of the world. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> he said, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Amen. I pray that they should quickly exit the world. <laughs> But you can be kept in the world, preserved in the world, and yet you are not of this world. Did you get that? Okay. So we have been sent here on a taking over mission. Taking over mission. Influence every tribe, every culture, every city, every language, everywhere with the gospel culture with the gospel of Christ, which is the power of God unto salvation. Okay? Now, these are areas where the church um, should be relevant. Three broad areas where the church should be relevant. By the church, we mean the body of believers. 
you and I. Okay? Social development, number one. Okay, this refers to people living together, enjoying life in communities, organized groups. Okay, God's word teaches and promotes love and togetherness of all peoples around godly values. Okay? The church, through the teaching of God's word, must continually establish men in the values of God as touching the family units, godly association, godly entertainment, or recreation. Amen. So important. Social development. You see, the gospel is a gospel of love. And the life of Christ is a life of love. So social development, okay? We're we showing the world how to enjoy healthy social interaction in a godly way. Not in a perverted way, in a godly way. And so in this area, we can have believers who are into entertainment, churning out. You know, sometimes I crave for good movies that can portray some of the... Um, um, things, um, the action. See, there are a lot of actions, action movies in the Old Testament and in the New Okay, all those battles between this country and the other, and now that they, uh, the Israelites won the parting of the Red Sea. Amen. <laughs> Noah's Hark. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> David and Goliath, enough. How David's men were groomed. Praise God. Joshua in the valley of Ajalon. I said, son, stand still. And then they could, you know, defeat the enemy. Amen. I mean, <laughs> but what, what do you have? If you have ungodly people in that space, then they, they promote pornography. They promote looseness. They prom promote fornication. Sex sins after sex sins. Amen. So in the area of social development, entertainment, good music that can encourage and facilitate, you know, um, um, good relaxation, I can facilitate, you know, um, good way of reasoning. <laughs> Praise God. Uh -huh. I can facilitate integrity. Facilitate love, facilitate sacrifice, service. You know, these are things that don't, don't shy away from these things. And we thank God for a few of um, Christians who are in that space and are doing, you know, doing quite well. And we pray that God will continually strengthen them and take them from glory to glory in Jesus' name. All right. So it's very important. Very important. You know, um, there was a time I, I was, uh, I listened to, I was 
I was listening to a song by um, someone, a very groovy song. Okay, and it was good. And was talking about um, tithing, you know, giving of tithe, how that, and then praying in tongues, <laughs> how that it works. <laughs> it work, it work, it work, it work. I they speak in tongues, it work. Okay, I mean, songs that can encourage you to good works. <laughs> Amen. Ah. Very important. And I know that in no time from now, we'll see a lot of believers in these um, spaces, entertainment, churning out godly contents. Okay, now, it all doesn't have to mention Jesus, Jesus. But you see, there are things that can facilitate, you know, healthy living. We just said that one of the areas where we influence society has been the moral compass of the society. Okay? How godly relationship should be. It doesn't all have to be sex scene and one person jilting the other person. No. Can promote good values. Praise God. Uh huh. Leadership and governance. This is one area of the church that you know, the church is most skeptical about. They believe governance and leadership is a devil's zone. And that's the reason why, you know, <laughs> technically, devils have thrived in that space in some countries, some African countries. But that's all changing in the name of Jesus. Okay, well, we're, we're going into those spaces of governance and leadership, and then we're setting godly examples, bringing freedom, bringing development, bringing social change into the lives of the people. The Bible speaks about when Philip went to Samaria, there was great joy in the city. You see, where there is, in fact, the Bible says, when the righteous rule, there is peace, there is joy in the city. There is joy in the city. <laughs> so we need more righteous people in governance. Sound believers. Believers with integrity. Praise God. Hallelujah. While ministering gifts may not be opportune to step into these governing offices because of their high calling, but the church ought to raise people um, to be thorough and unflinchingly sound in the life of God. Okay, like Daniel. Daniel was in governance. It's, it's not science fiction. It happened for real. And Daniel was in governance and was not crooked and did not compromise his faith. And I, I see many Daniels rising up um, as a result of the School of Ministry this year in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay? Rising up. Rising up and doing um, God's bidding. Praise God. Hallelujah. And representing Christ in those offices. And then, and thirdly, the place of community development. Community development. This is the true light of civilization coming from the church. 
developing our communities through charitable good works, providing education for the less privileged. You know, this was how the gospel got into uh, uh, um, the country, got into Africa through these charitable projects, education, healthcare, hospitals. Okay, today we've seen a lot of private universities, you know, uh, um, um, owned by um, churches, you know, coming up and setting the standard in education. Praise God. Hallelujah. As many that have um, th- those callings, you know, don't be, uh, be bold. Okay? Go through the rudiments, be trained, be groomed uh, uh, in a local assembly, okay? And then step into what God has called you to do. Praise God. All right, providing education for the less privileged. Praise God. That's very, very important. So social development, leadership and governance, and community development. So important. So how do you find your place in all of this? Very quickly. Okay, there are many ways we can impact our community as led by the Spirit of God, or you can find out how God wants you to reach out to your community and influence your community practically by taking these following steps. Just three basic steps. Number one, pray. Through prayer, you can know specifically what the Spirit of God wants you to do to make a difference in your community. Okay, pray. You might say a medical outreach pays education fee, for some students, and tuition fee for some students, poor controlling students, um, set up a foundation, whatever, a scholarship scheme. Praise God. Okay, pray, pray, and ask God to lead you. And for some of you, you've seen God, um, God has told you certain things, go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. Number two, the need of the community, Okay. What's the need of the community? See, these are not spiritual things right, up there. They are physical needs. <laughs> you can see them. Okay? Do you have what it takes to meet those needs on any level? Go ahead and meet those needs. Amen. Go ahead. Extend the hand of love of Jesus to the people, the needy, to your community. You know, the Bible tells us that if you know to something is in your care and you are in possession of it and you can offer that good, don't withhold it. Don't withhold it. Don't say, oh, go, the Lord. No, it's God has, God has answered those people's prayers. It's in your care. Go ahead and do it. Go ahead and meet that need. Go ahead and meet that need. Go ahead and help the poor. Go ahead and reach the needy. Go ahead and support the widows, support the fatherless, support the orphans. Go ahead and do it at whatever level. Amen. Some people say, when I become a millionaire, you see, if you can't give 500 out of one five, if you can't give $10 out of $100, if you become a millionaire, it doesn't mean you, you'll be a philanthropist. <laughs> you see, give now. Meet the needs now at your level. Praise God. Okay, the need of the society. Education, electricity, 
meeting the needs, especially if you have the capacity, it may become a key to becoming an institution in that community. And then you become a force to be reckoned with. You can share the gospel with them. You can bring them to your church and encourage them to, to be a member of the church and, and be born again. Amen. Praise God. Community service never takes the place of the preaching of the word of God and the demonstration of the spirit. However, it serves to create platforms to bless our community with the power of God through the gospel. Okay, so the need of community. And then lastly, your giftings, your talents, your calling. Okay, what's your giftings? What's your talent? What's your calling? And through these things, you can easily be a blessing to people. You can easily reach out to your community. Amen. Through these things, you can find your place in community service as a representative of Jesus Christ for the expansion of God's kingdom. Praise God. Okay? So again, pray. Number two, a need in the community. What's the need in that community around you? Sometimes you might need to gather all the young folks there and then start teaching them the word of God. Okay? You see, we can reach people. There's something called catch them young. We can actually salvage the next generation as we reach out to them early. Become their role models and start showing them the way, the culture of the gospel, the life of Christ, the beauty and the glory of the kingdom of God. Praise God. Okay? So your, your, and then lastly, your giftings, your talents and your calling. These are ways by which we can be a blessing to our community. You have been called out to be a light to your world, the salt of the earth, the moral compass of the society. You cannot let God down, the kingdom of God down, or the people that are looking up to you down. You are a blessing. You are not just only blessed, you are a blessing. Now go ahead and decide in your heart that I will indeed be a blessing. I will indeed reach out to my community, my society, with the gospel of Christ, with my gifts, with my talents. Okay, if you can play the guitar, okay, you can organize evening guitar sessions for the children in your neighborhood and get them drawn in and saved. If you don't do that, they will start going to um, the viewing center where they show football matches in the evenings. And they can be indoctrinated into a wrong way of life that way. Can you have guitar les- lessons for them? Okay. Can you have swimming lessons for them? And be a blessing to them. And forever they will be grateful that you pointed them in the right direction from childhood. Brothers and sisters, the responsibility is on you and I as the light of the world to really shine a light and bring people to the knowledge of truth and get them established in the faith. Praise the Lord. I believe you've been blessed today. Glory to God. Thank you very much for your time. God bless you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.